Hello and welcome to UX Soup, a podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Chris Schreiner, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Diana Franganillo. Hello. And Lisa Cooper. Hello, how are you? Doing well. How are you both today? I'm feeling fruity. How about you, Diana? <laughs> Quite uplifted as well. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> it's a sunny day. Yeah. So uh, we've, all, we've all been there, either on the phone, navigating long menus, trying to figure out what button to press next, on, or on some messaging platform, talking to a virtual assistant chatbot. Uh, the traditional automated customer service, or what they call in the industry, interactive voice response, or IVR, systems. They've been the subject, of course, of endless complaints over the years. Recently, with AI and better natural language processing and the proliferation of messaging, automated chatbots were supposed to improve on these IVRs and provide a better customer service while at the same time reducing costs for the company. But has there really been any improvement with chatbots on the scene? And what can UX designers do to help with this experience? So first, uh, since we're going to cover both IVRs and chatbots, let's talk a little bit about just our general thoughts, opinions, experiences with IVRs, tips and tricks. So when you call a, a business and they say, you know, press number one for this, press two for this, what do we do? What are, what are our tips and tricks for those? <laughs> I don't know if there are any. I, know, I think you just, anywhere you can sit and talk to an actual person is always the best. If you have something very specific, it's very rare that those things work for me. I had an experience with the a DVLA, which is the, the UK's driver licensing uh, people here, where I had something extremely specific, but... Oh, as always, those menus do not apply. So you go through all the menus, you end up, you choose the best one that you think will work. And more often than not, you get passed from person to person. So I don't necessarily think that these are very efficient personally. Um, I had the same thing with calling doctor's offices too, where you may go through those systems and what you want doesn't necessarily fit into the categories. It's very rare for me that I fit into one of their menus when I call. Sometimes the solution is to wait because many IVR systems have at the end uh, an option that is for any other queries, press, whatever. The problem is when they don't have that option because Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you press one of the options that you think, well, this is the best. And then there are three options within that option. And if yours isn't fitting within those options, you are like... um, you know, nominated to leave the the phone call or, or to start over from the beginning. Yeah, there used to be a time when I would just call a number and just start pressing zero because yeah. that would normally be the customer service, you know, the talk to a real life person thing. That doesn't work anymore. But that anymore. doesn't seem to work anymore. They've, oh. they've taken that. I think too many people are doing that. <laughs> yeah, they have got clever, but not for the best user experience then yeah i'm now finding that i have to it's it's like a more like a high stakes games i know that afterwards i'm going to be on hold for 40 minutes because for some reason two years into a pandemic they still haven't staffed their customer service 
uh, centers very well. Um, so I know that it's like if I get into the wrong one, I'm in trouble because I'm going to be on hold for twice as long and I'll be spending all morning on the on hold listening to god-awful hold music. So it's like this high-stakes game now where I'm wanting to make sure I press the right one because if you press the wrong one, <laughs> it might send you an automated message and then kick you out and then you got to start all over again. So it's like the stakes have been raised with these and I hate it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. I think the only advantage, I mean, as, as Lisa said, I don't think there is any advantage of those of these systems over using actual people, real people behind, you know, at the other side of the telephone. So I think the only advantage in terms of use, ex well, in terms of experience is just saving cost for the company. Do you see any advantage at all? I mean, have you ever heard from anybody preferring those systems for any reason? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's a, a good business reason why these are being used. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, I just don't see it with just if you talk to people and in, in, in your own experiences. I mean, it's quite clear that this is an efficient way of doing things. No. I mean, you have to be either have a lot of categories or just put people on the phone or the chatbots. That's yeah. when you get into chatbots, I suppose, or have someone on. I think the best thing for me that I've found is uh, text messaging. You know, when you're on a website and then you can message someone directly. Things have been sorted out very fast that way for me. It's efficient when you are doing a simple task. Like if you're calling your bank and you just want to hear your balance back in the days when you might do that yeah, who would do that but now? <laughs> i know that's the thing it, it's good for very simple tasks that nobody well i don't want to say nobody but very few people would ever do anymore because everybody has these apps on their smartphones and then can do all of this a lot more quickly than they could before perhaps it's for older users at the same time they won't want to talk to a, a non-person mm -hmm. either so uh, chatbots, as I said, were supposed to come and, and make everything better. Um, <laughs> what, what, are, what are your thoughts on chatbot experience? I had one experience not a long time ago. I was using a chatbot to check the availability of uh, some items in a shop. I found the whole experience very efficient because they came back to me with the answer very quickly. But um, the only trouble is that I, were, I got distracted and I didn't get a, kind of like an audible. Um, an audible notification of the response. So at some point, I get a I get a response. I wanted to keep on talking, and then the the chatbot said, "Well, due to inactivity, uh, we are closing this conversation." And then, oh no! <laughs> then I had to start the conversation over. But I mean, I mean, it's a it's a small detail. But the thing is that you never know how long these things are gonna take. So so yeah, it would be nice if. It allowed you to multitask and to focus on other stuff rather than being staring at the <laughs> the screen until you get the response. But uh, but yeah, but I found that the response I got was tailored, quick, and and overall the experience was was much better than with a contrived set of options that I might have not fitted in. I actually haven't had a very good experience with chatbots. Um, I suppose it was the same organization with the DVLA, because it didn't work on the phone. So I tried the <laughs> chatbot, and that would kick me over to someone that was supposed to be a live person who then couldn't answer my question that then kicked me back over to the chatbot. So it just didn't, oh, wow. 
uh, work very well? Chat bots, I think, can, I think they're better than calling over the phone because I'm going to read faster than I'm going to listen to somebody, you know, reading out the, what tone, what button I'm supposed to press for what option. Mm. So I find that to be better. And I also can do this right on, you know, my whatever computer I'm on or tablet I'm on. So that's better too. And I can multitask at the same time, but it's the same thing where at least for me, I'm not calling customer service or i'm not talking to a chatbot unless it's something that i can't figure out myself and never is that something that's in their top menus or top options it's like i i go to the chatbot and i'm typing in customer representative (laughs) and a lot of times you know they won't pass me over to that yeah i'm I'm wanting to get to that live chat person because i've had great live chat experiences as well and mm. prefer that to having to sit on the phone on hold, even if they've got to make me wait for an agent to get there. You know, I'm on a laptop and or on my tablet or phone, and I can go and do other things. And I'm not gonna, I don't have to sit with a phone in my ear. I'm not listening to hold music again. So uh, I find that whole experience better. But the the chatbots themselves, I. Uh. So there was um, some research done by IBM looking at chatbots, and this was. Uh, there was an article on this last year at about this time that said that uh, the IBM saying that chatbots can answer 80% of standard questions. What are your immediate thoughts to that? If you always ask the standard questions, might be because they are consistently unresolved issues as well. But to exemplify that, the other day I bought some tickets online. There was some print saying, if you don't receive the tickets, please contact this email or call to this phone number. I mean, it's, it wasn't at the, uh, at the bottom, like in a small print. It was quite at the top and quite conspicuous, like meaning that that's a common issue with that website. If everybody's calling for the same reasons, maybe there are unresolved problems yeah. that they should get resolved. I go back to, I don't know if people really are going for standard questions. <laughs> and if you're going to do standard questions, you should really... Do more than 80% of them. Mm. Another stat that I found, this one from Tidio, um, they, they uh, develop chatbots, uh, say that 46% of users would prefer to communicate with a live person instead of a chatbot, and 40% are fine with both. I'd like to see a bit more about how they did their research. Well, I, I, I hear that, and I go, well, that's half of people that are saying, I don't want a chatbot at all. Mm. And then another 40% are saying either, you know, fine, I'll deal with a chatbot, but I want to make sure I can get to a live person Mm. and the rest either not caring or some, there may be a couple, they don't state like what percent actually said, oh, I'm fine with chatbots all the time. I think um, there should be a study as well on quantifying the frustration and, and how your perception of the company changes when you get frustrated with these automated systems. I mean, these days it's becoming more and more difficult to talk to a person directly. And sometimes you call them and they say, well, you need to send me an email. It's like, I'm talking to you. You have customer service phone number. So yeah, but it needs to go to the other department. Well, then why don't you email the other department? But you know, it's sometimes they ask you to do their job. And I don't think that's fair. Mm. All so, the time. I think they, that happens so much where they're asking the customer to do their job. I think that happens a lot. 
Yeah. And sometimes they'll give you a survey afterwards where you may be talking to someone, they still don't resolve your issue, but they were very nice. Now, how do you rate that interaction? Do you rate them by their niceness or by the fact that your issue is still unresolved and you're still having to wait and you're still having to do various other things? I always... I, when I, I get that survey afterwards, how was the customer service experience? Well, they were lovely, but I, my problem yeah, no. hasn't gone away. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and I I'm still rate, waiting. I want to rate, rate the effort that they put into it and how well yeah. they were. And I also want to rate how well your system is set up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I don't want to give them a bad rating because they were very sweet. Right. However, this still stinks. <laughs> and that's the thing, but you know that if you... Try and do that because you're rating the system and not the individual. It gets reflected back on them. So it's like yeah. it's, it's not a win-win situation. Yeah, that happens a lot that you realize that the surveys are not properly written to mm-hmm. let you express what you actually feel. And as you said, sometimes you feel bad because you are seeming to have a goal on the person, but it's no, it's on their overall experience and part might be training provided by the company. Yeah. Part might be that the procedures are not clear and some part might be on the person as well, but not 100% most of the times. Yeah, you can have a really rude person, but they fix the problem. So, you know, it could have been fixed within a couple of minutes, but they were really rude. Okay, their attitude was terrible, but my problem got fixed. It's two different dimensions, isn't it, that you, yeah. you need to rate, but often you're not given that choice. So the role of UX designers in chatbots and IVRs, I, who are they designing for? Because that, that's my big issue with this, is that it's, it's one of the nice things about being a, a, an analyst or consultant or independent researcher, is that uh, for me, if I, as a UX person, I want to design for the end user. But a lot of these systems, you know that they're designed for the company. Yes. They're designed to save the company money. It's to make it easier not, for them. Yeah, they don't have the actual end user in mind. No. And and I struggle with that. That's one of my huge issues is that it's, sorry, provide a service. You want the end user to be happy because that's going to spill over to, you know, brand reputation and stickiness and all of that and bring people back. But this is like the prime example of, a UX person designing, but not for an end user. Right. And we talked about that before where we were talking about monopolies. And if you have no competition, then why do you need to please your end user? They're not going to go anywhere else. You know, if there's only a, a one company servicing electricity to a property, then where are they going to go? It doesn't really matter if the, your users are happy, but, um, who you're designing for, you're designing, well, if it's a chatbot, it's for people with technology, right? Well, no, but they're, they're not. They're not designing for the end user. No, they're not. They're designing to, to, to increase their company's profits or yeah. to cre- uh, decrease their call center costs. Right. I think they are designing as well to, um, with the thought of uh, reducing the amount of annoyance. By giving it sometimes kind of like, um, you know, an avatar or a tone or something like that, that it might be less annoying. But uh, because they, are, they must know that they are going to be annoying anyway. <laughs> so it's like, OK, let's make it a, a slightly less. It's like making the agent nice, even if they 
happen to be useless for that query. Mm. So yeah, let's make let's make the ch- the chat box, you know, to have the right personality, tone, and an embodiment mm-hmm. to be maybe less annoying than if if they haven't got it right, kind of like in quotation marks. Yeah, but that's I guess that's why I'm a consultant and <laughs> not designing IVRs because I, I I always want to have the end user in mind and not and try and optimize it for them. I think a good thing to do would be to really assess and to really advise as a researcher designing to really assess what are really the things that could be solved by a chat box and what aren't and making it very clear. Mm -hmm. And as Lisa was saying, making it obvious, okay, if your problem falls within these categories, please call this number. End of the story. Some people might prefer to talk to a chat box if they are in an office or in a space that is not private. And if the problem is solvable through this method, but um, just to state it very clearly, if it's not, go this way. Yeah, more options are better than than less mm-hmm. in, in, in ways of contacting the company, for sure. I think, I just think people like that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're dealing with a vast population, you know, from very young people to very elderly people. They'll all have their own experiences of technology and their own comfort levels and and all and a whole host of problems that it's very difficult to try and categorize everybody into four mm-hmm. options. <laughs> all right. So it's time now for condensed soup. Condensed soup. <laughs> whoop, whoop. So for today's condensed soup, what one improvement would you make to either IVRs or chatbots? To use them less. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> to that's kill a them. <laughs> yeah, kill, kill them. them. <laughs> Unplug them. Yeah. Well, how would how would you use them less? What what could what could you know website designers for these companies or or product designers or how how could we make it so that you have to call a company or live chat or chatbot with somebody less? I understand why the business uses it. It is easier for them, but I just don't think it's a good idea. I just think that having either a chat. I think a chat bot that directs you straight away, what's your problem? Has so if it was if it was smart enough to know if you typed anything in, I think they just have to get smarter, really. If you typed something in, it could send you to the appropriate department right. and boom, that's it. It's very shallow. So better natural language so that you could just write it in yeah. one sentence and go. Yeah, just a mm-hmm. smarter system that just directs you straight to the the place you're supposed to be instead of this quite a dumb system really that takes you down these uh categories that don't fit no i'm with you on that mine is is pretty much the same thing is it's let me better natural language processing so i can just type it in and go or just have like one menu of which kind of department you want to talk to and then live chat with somebody yeah to me that's that's much better because live live chat people now i haven't i personally don't know anybody that's in that field but I would think that you may be able to handle like at least two chats at once that you'd be able to answer somebody over here. And then while they're talking, answer somebody else over here and they can multitask too while you're multitasking. I, I'm sure they're doing that now. Yeah. yeah I'm sure and everything can that. get resolved. Yeah. I think it should be quicker than, than a phone conversation because the phone conversation cannot be parallel. But definitely chat conversations could be. 
I'm okay with them being longer because I don't have to pay attention all the time. I can be doing other things. Mm. And everybody's used to messaging and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Something interesting happens to me. Anytime I'm talking, and I'm going to be a little bit jokey now. Anytime I'm talking to an IVR, my husband just comes and interrupts when I am in the faith <laughs> option. It yeah. happens consistently. So I don't know if the solution is that my phone was glowing in red, like, you know, don't talk to this person, don't talk to this person, this conversation cannot be missed <laughs> or something. But yeah, it always happens. It's not only once or twice. So, so yeah, I think he's taking advantage of the time when I am listening and not talking because he says that I'm very talkative to then talk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I need to start over with all these options. <laughs> yeah, and that feeds into them being smarter, you know, to, to them them to be able to handle ambient noise because there's children around there's oh, yeah. dogs barking <laughs> there's annoying husbands <laughs> all right well if you have any questions about chatbots or about user experience or any questions in general and want to send us any show ideas you can email us at uxsoup at strategyanalytics.com the show notes on our podcast website ux-soup.com have links to our recent user experience research and there you can also connect with each of us on linkedin a reminder that ux soup is sponsored as always by strategy analytics check out the latest user focused insights by visiting strategyanalytics.com thanks for joining us bye for now <laughs>